0: You're listening to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, July 21st, 2021. We sat down with ultra runner James Leitner, aka The Water Boy, to hear all about how he is using our sport to bring clean water sources to underserved communities around the world. So sit back and relax or go out and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live Series. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey. Tonight we will be interviewing my good friend, the amazing James Leitner of Mission Clean Water. Uh, before we jump into the interview, I'm going to share a few updates on what is happening in the wonderful world of Sasquatch Trail Runners. So next up for us we've got the Harriman Big Bear Squatch that's on July 31st at Harriman State Park in New York. It is our first race in New York, which is very exciting. We are completely sold out with 150 runners and hikers. We did try to increase the capacity but the park had a, they gave us a hard no on that just due to staffing shortages with the Rangers office. So We are, though, slowly chipping away at the wait list. Um, I would say if you're more than maybe four or five on there, the odds aren't likely for next week. But we are trying to open up some spots. Um, If you tuned in last week, we made a huge announcement about our race series. We have the first ever for New Jersey, the Backyard Squatch Ultra is happening on August 28th. That is at Stoke State Forest in Branchville, New Jersey. We are so excited to host this trail party. It is just like Bigs Backyard um, out west where there's a 4.16 mile trail loop and it actually very closely replicates the loop at Bigs Backyard. So there's about 100 feet of gain per mile and it is 100% single track. And then when night falls, we're switching over to a 4.16 mile out and back road course, which also has about 100 feet of elevation Gain per mile. Registration is live on ultrasignup.com. You can register for that. We only have 80 spots just due to the nature of the course and it being single track. So sign up as soon as you can to get your spot. We will be supporting our charity partner, Success, and they distribute new socks to those in need around New Jersey. Since 2018, we have donated over 2,000 pairs of socks thanks to you guys coming out to the races and helping us make those donations. Um, so that was pretty short and sweet. That wraps it up for our Sasqu- Sasquad updates for now. You can learn more about our events for 2021 by going on our website, which is sasquadtrailrunning.com. Okay, so the reason you are all here is James Leitner. I am so excited to talk with James tonight to hear his story about how he is using our sport of trail running to provide clean drinking water around the world. So I'm gonna give his formal introduction and then we're gonna jump into the chat. So James Leitner is the founder of the nonprofit Mission Clean Water. Mission Clean Water provides clean drinking water and sanitation to underserved communities around the world. Sasquad, we've been a proud partner of Mission Clean Water and James and supported him in his efforts to raise funds for clean drinking water over the last couple of years. And this summer, James is going to be completing a marathon a day for 14 days while carrying 45 pounds of water. Just mind-blowing. If you've ever, I mean, just pick up a 45-pound dumbbell and imagine walking around with that, doing a marathon. 14 days in a row, he's going to be doing that. So James is also the race director for his run series, Mission Clean Water, which all of the efforts and the funds raised from his trail races go directly back into the charity Mission Clean Water. So, James.
1: Hello, thank you for having me, and I appreciate such a wonderful introduction and the relationship you've been able to build with uh, Sasquatch Trail Runners. I kind of have a question for you before we really jump into it. How are you gonna be staying up the entire time of the uh, big backyard race? Are you gonna be behind the computer with the timing system?
0: That's a great question. no, I'm not <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> because oh I uh, would probably die if I stayed up that long. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: your own little own little big backyard race just to stay up. My goodness.
0: Oh uh, so yeah, great. no. thank Thankfully, we've already got a few uh, folks who are are committed to doing some shifts with me. Um, I don't think it would be good for anybody if. I was staying up, or anyone was staying up the entire time. So,
1: besides the runners, I guess. Besides the runners, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. We oh, got to be amazing. able to make um, decisions and have some cognitive ability left That's in good.
1: Us. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but
0: James, I'm so, so happy to have you on here. You, know, you were one of our first guests when we started this. Now, it's over, it's yeah. been a year that we started this back in, I think it was June of 2020. And you've come I on know. a couple of times since then. Um, you know how much I think about you and what you're doing with Mission Clean Water. Um, so let's just, let's start at the beginning and really kind of flesh out Mission Clean Water. So people who are listening live or they're going to catch the replay on the podcast, they know what, what we're talking about. So fill us in, give us the story of Mission Clean Water.
1: Definitely appreciate it. So Mission Clean Water itself originally was formed as a way to keep people informed when I was originally walking across the United States and as a way to kind of document the big fundraising efforts I was completing to focus around clean water pretty much. And when we talk about clean water, it focuses around the sole idea, mostly speaking, that close to a billion people in the world don't have access to clean drinking water. And as you know, some days get hotter, and there's more rain in specific areas. Uh, less people in the future are expected to really have clean water. And so, as an organization through Mission Clean Water, we kind of have the simple mission uh, of assisting communities without clean water or basic sanitation as well to ensure that they can have the you know basic human rights of hygiene, sanitation, and clean drinking water. Now. Since I graduated college many years ago, I guess you can say, uh, you know, the world of clean water has drastically changed and the way that us as an organization approach clean water has changed. And so a lot of our projects tend to be very community driven, focused on the grounds and kind of at the grassroots level to ensure we're just kind of taking everything into consideration to really complete a big clean water project. And uh, it's been a very fun journey to be a nonprofit entrepreneur. Uh, and as things const- constantly, consistently build, you know, those building blocks of an organization and the way we're growing consistently grows. Uh, and at this time, we have provided clean water to roughly 9,000 community members. I think that's six communities as a whole. So you can think of like, you know, Millburn or Scotch Plains as a community. While we've assisted, I believe four schools, uh, primary schools or elementary schools, uh, at this time as well. And for 2021, if we're able to reach all of our fundraising goals, that'll provide clean water to five communities, four schools, as well as a regional hospital as well, because a, a hospital doesn't have clean water. So we're excited to help them out and see how we can work together.
0: That, that is amazing, James. Um, you got Can you chat a minute about the yeah. efforts that you did last summer and that amazing experience? I know, Many, many of our Sasquad runners and hikers were involved in that. And uh, maybe you can provide provide like a little update on that project.
1: No, of course, definitely, Uh, could not have happened without all the help that everyone provided definitely with Sasquad. Um, So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, kind of the very beginning of the story is, uh, I began in 2016 using, I guess, endurance style events as a way to fundraise for clean water efforts. Focused around the idea that if you don't have clean water, you have to walk and find water. And typically speaking, you know, the mom and dad of the family are working. So it's up to the youngest girl to walk and get water. And so through endurance challenges, I have, you know, used these challenges to symbolize their journey and started off with doing a marathon a month for a year while carrying 45 pounds of water to. Uh, walking across the United States to symbolize that year total distance journey, uh, to doing a 100 mile run and a 100 mile carry, carrying water. And then to what happened kind of last July, where last July uh, I had the idea of completing running, just running, 30 miles a day for 30 days in a row. Uh, originally, what was supposed to be in May, but ended up being in July instead. A uh, much hotter time, I can, those 5.30 a.m. wake-ups it was already 90 degrees, uh, is refreshing not to experience right now on the 21st of July. Um, but in the end, the focus was to create a community effort to fundraise for a clean water project. Specifically speaking, this clean water project was to provide uh, the St. Elizabeth's Secondary School, or an all girls school that kind of combines middle and high school together, with a clean water solution because these girls had to walk off school grounds to collect dirty water and were really not only risking their health and their time away from the school, but also risking just their personal well being and safety because they were no longer under the protection of the school and were at risk of, you know, walking into some bad people. So Once we completed the 30th day, July 30th, I do know there's 31 days in July, um, we were able to fully fund that clean water project. And I believe sometime in August and in September, that project was fully completed. Not only was the clean water components done with, but there was also, this school didn't have enough of a, I guess you can say sanitation capacity for the entire school. For those 1,000 students, they had about two functional restrooms for all of them. Uh, And with the students' guidance and the teachers' guidance, we helped build, I believe, 12 new restrooms that really focused on girls' health. So, a menstrual health management program, uh, supplying of pads, as well as just kind of a safe space for hand washing and to kind of have their own little personal space uh, inside kind of a restroom or bathroom facility. So it's great to report, I guess, after close to a year that that's been completed. Everything is still fully functional. The school almost mirrors and functions similar to a school here in the United States, where if you're thirsty, all you have to do is raise your hand. You walk off out of your class and go to the closest water spigot or water fountain and fill up your little bottle you have, like a little Coke bottle, and you're kind of good for the day. There's plentiful water available and hopefully within kind of its year impact assessment, we can see how that's changed and impacted education into the future. Uh, Might be a little hard to tell right now because uh, it's been a little interesting with COVID and schools being kind of more fully closed, but it's just great to report that the project is fully functioning with no issues uh, and is being maintained by the students, the teachers, as well as the maintenance facility on school grounds.
0: That is awesome. Yeah. Is awesome. I love hearing this uh, yeah. the update on, you know, you put so much time and effort, and also the community really rallied behind you. Um, right. That was, seriously, what, if I think back on 2020, oh my God. hands down, that was one of the highlights, was that last day. Um it's crazy. That, oh my goodness, the fire trucks came out, the community was there, there was the you
1: know the kids run that was huge that was an amazing experience yeah so for i guess i talked a lot about the project but for the role that sasquad kind of provided for that journey so i'm out there each day i guess 5 6 a.m to 1 p.m kind of based on how hot it was going to be that day because uh, roughly speaking my strategy for something like that was to run for five minutes walk for five minutes and we just did that on and off And a lot of runners found great success with it, too. I think you, like, kind of hit a PR. It was very flat, so it was very different. Um, But it was kind of fun to experience. But it was just amazing because regardless of the time, someone was always there with me. Maybe one hour each day I was kind of solo. But, you know, in the morning, someone would always arrive. Oh, my God, on the weekends. It was always crazy on the weekends. You would have 11, 12 runners just trailing each other, talking, having fun. And it definitely kind of created just an environment where uh, multiple community members in SAS Squad could finally kind of talk, conversate, uh, and just really get to know each other. And on the last day, that was just tons of fun with the fire trucks. Uh, a bunch of kids in Cranford, New Jersey, to kind of support this run, they did their own one mile a day for 30 days. And they all came out and we did the last mile together. Uh, they, they, they pulled down the finish line that you made for me, which was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and um, I think I was just running on adrenaline that last day, but I remember taking so many pictures on the verge of like passing out. But it was a crazy experience. And I guess just like a wonderful moment to kind of experience community and the outdoors again in the midst of what uh, was all occurring. So that was, that was just incredible.
0: I love that, Gene. And you know, um, if you're familiar with SCAT we do a lot of charity giving, all of our events are tied to a local charity or nonprofit. And so, you know, linking up with you guys uh, and you know everything you do at Mission Clean Waters, it was a no brainer to connect. Um, and what I love about what you're doing is you're using the sport of ultra running to as a fundraising avenue for clean drinking water so let's jump into your race series because that has now become it seems like uh the biggest arm of your fundraising efforts i'm not sure you'll have to kind of dissect that a little bit but sure tell everybody you know what is your race series how does that work what does it entail in terms of fundraising your efforts for mission clean
1: water no, definitely. Um, so, yeah, remember, I remember you and I talking. You came out quite a few days, probably close to half, um, regardless of how long. And during those opportunities was a great time to, you know, have the time to talk and really kind of think about ways of utilizing and, you know, figuring out ways of using our <laughs> apparent skill of endurance sports to fundraise for uh, clean water and that kind of created the avenue of beginning to think of and develop uh, the Mission Clean Water Race series and figuring out what could work well in terms of fundraising aspects. Uh, and so, for 2021, we'll see what's going to happen in the fall. But for 2021, we kind of had we began developing the goal of having some sort of race or some sort of fundraiser every single month that pertains to creating opportunity within the endurance or trail running community. Um, Now, how that is structured, you know, so let's just say, for example, we're planning a 5K in August. Uh, If you wanna register for that race, let's just say, for example, it's $40. Your race registration all specifically goes towards our clean water projects. So 100% is donated. While the cost to actually host the race are covered by our team or our board of directors Uh, just to really see how things are developing and organizing. And uh, I think up to this point, we've been able to host a race pretty much every single month. And it's been a very great thing to explore and have and has definitely become one of the bigger avenues of our fundraising efforts. And we're beginning to figure out, you know, what works and what doesn't. And it's exceptionally challenging. Uh, And, you know, it's been great to have you as a information source and someone to talk to when I'm just trying to figure out these little logistical challenges to to all these little races. Uh, So thank you.
0: Hey. (laughs) Oh, we got some feedback on here a little bit. Um, James, you've got probably your biggest event, maybe of the series coming up next weekend. What's what's going on?
1: Definitely the biggest event of the series. Uh, So I guess a good way of talking about it is by starting talking about our favorite park and I guess all of New Jersey, Tamaquas Park. Now, if anyone is not familiar with Tamaquas Park, uh, it is a park in Westfield, New Jersey. And there is a, it's a one-way park. So if you drive there, it's just one way. But there's a little lot that you, or a little spot that you can run or walk or bike around that's paved and also a gravel path. And so when I did that 30 miles a day over 30 days, it was all situated at Tamaquas Park. And one loop around Tamaquas Park is 0.8 miles. So I think with the 30 miles a day, that was like, what, 37 and a half miles? I be- or sorry, 37 and a half loops. Um, so lots of repetition, lots of left turns as well the entire time. Um, but Tamaquas Park has also been just a... centrally centrally located spot where I've been able to try and use uh, to do my own 100 mile runs there as fundraisers, those 100 miles carrying water. Uh, So to try and share the craziness of running around a 0.8 mile loop, uh, we've created an event that's happening this Saturday. It is the Westfield Ultra. Now, Kim, would you run around a loop many, many times that's 0.8 miles?
0: Mm.
1: no (laughs) (laughs) it it, is it's it's very interesting uh so with this race it starts at 9 a.m and we have different heats that you can register for three hours six hours nine twelve and of course 24 hours where you can run around to park the point eight mile loop as many times as you can to see how far you can run within that time frame uh and people are registering so it should be a fun time uh and honestly like i don't know 0.8 miles there's like a sense of beauty around it because like all right every 0.8 miles you have your aid station every 0.8 miles you have the bathroom uh the park is mostly shaded as well so that's kind of nice the weather is looking good so i'm just like i'm just excited i don't have to do it but other (laughs) people do so it should be fun to watch I'm, it be really interesting.
0: Yes, and I remember last summer we were talking about, you know, the race series. I, I think either you or I, we, or maybe we both agreed on it, was that as monotonous and like the agony of Tamaquus, everything that's involved in it, it really is the ideal race setup because it's flat, so you're going to have a lot of different yeah. You've got restrooms real restrooms working restrooms with uh with uh i think there are water fountains there as well There's probably electricity maybe i'm not sure where you landed on that because of the tennis courts have the lights at night um and there's ample parking yep but the thought of 24 hours and you have people signed up? You got people signed up? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, so definitely the lesser distances or I guess times have a majority of the registrations, like three hours and six hours is probably like 50 or 60% of the registrations. Nine hours, maybe that's just like an awkward time because we only have three people registered. I just like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of weird, but gave it as an option. But then 12 hours and 24 hours is, we got like 20 or so plus people registered for that. Um, So it should be really interesting. And like, from my perspective, um, like it's nice because like when you first begin the run, you just have like kind of a 0.05 mile, just like straight shot, all wooded. So everyone can align all their supplies right, right there, right after you pass the, I guess, loop line or the start and finish line. So it's easy to like resupply yourself without like having to like walk all the way to your car or really far away as well as like let's just say for example like we bought like five packs of oreos if we run out of oreos like five minutes away is a target a whole foods uh, a Shoprite, CVS is everything so it's it's like a it's interesting. It's like a little ample location. And I was honestly, I was surprised. Wesley was like, yeah, sure. Go for it. I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Uh, So should be, should be perfect. And, uh, uh, but Oh my God, it's taking out so much planning and so much more than I expected. Just knowing you're going to be out there for so much longer. And like my thought, I just remember seeing you at the end of the Squatch apple helping you clean up and just seeing you like do your own little zombie walk to like pack everything away. And that was just 12 hours or like 14 hours, I guess at that point, cause you were there to set up and everything. So I'm like, Oh my God. I was like calling my friends. Like if someone just comes from like 9.00 PM to 1.00 AM, so I can just lay down on the ground and sleep for a bit would be, would be probably the best help I could get. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I'll, I'll share that, um, you know, just with when you're jumping into race directing, you, like James just said, you don't know those things until you experience it. And um, there absolutely is the, the RD zombie mode at the end of events because you've been there. I mean, not only have you been at the event early and you've been running the event and then you're cleaning up, it's also like weeks and weeks of buildup to get the race ready. So for sure, there's a zombie uh, walk at the end. But James, I will have to say, it, I do, I will recommend getting some sleep because I finally did it. I took so like 20 minute nap at the midnight Squatchapalooza and it made the biggest difference ever. And I wish I had done it the, the last time we had the race, but um, you know, that's A that's whole my twenty mind. minute nap. I know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, that's all you need sometimes. Yeah, I'm like I'm like ready to like call someone like hey listen I can't drive home after the end of this like please come please come get me right uh, or all that and just like yeah I have extra supplies and food and things that I have I'm just really excited for it but like being upstairs in my house right now and knowing that there's five packs of Oreos like four or five <laughs> bags of pretzels and enough ramen to feed a college kid for four years below me <laughs> is very, very tempting. and I'm doing all that I can to avoid eating any of it. Uh, yeah, but, how,
0: many, how many liters of Coke did you purchase? Has that been made, uh, that purchase um, been made yet, or are you waiting till I? Long? I
1: didn't buy that much just yet. I bought like the basics of it, um, mainly because like, I don't know, I don't want to like go super flat beforehand. So I'm not like refrigerating any of it. So I think I've bought I bought a bunch of the mini cans so I can just like hand those out instead. I'm going to have a bunch of coolers out there. But so I bought Coke, Dr. Pepper, and um, uh, ginger ale as well. So just a little mix. And I didn't want to buy too much because my thought is like, once we're out, we'll just have someone get it because it's so close. Uh, so, but I, I'm just like, I remember you had to do like two or three water runs for the uh Squatch Apple and we got them. You did the I I did one of them, but I got like ten gallons and it was gone in like two hours. So I'm just like ready to be like, all right, we're gonna have to like I'm figure out something to get all that water there. So uh yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um and uh it's it's been interesting doing an event a month because uh we are deciding on whether or not if we want to continue doing an event a month versus having like just four or five kind of iconic events with much more of a fund rate like lower cost but higher fundraising tied to it Um, and looking back at like what's been the most successful this year and what style of events and trying to kind of transition to those uh, ideas I guess so we'll see how it comes together really looking forward to this Saturday I'll sleep well tonight and tomorrow and Friday will be weird but uh yeah it should be a, a fun time. I even bought tons of glow sticks to like light up the entire loop as well so I'm looking forward to it.
0: That is awesome. I love that. I you know I'm just going to I'm going to call it right now. I think this event will take off in the next couple of years because there aren't a ton of 24-hour races in New Jersey. There's you know there's a couple at the fairgrounds um, a couple like one or 200 milers but I think there's definitely, um, it's a good niche to, to
1: put yeah, on. Yeah, not too many. I mean, there's one guy coming out from California. I was like, I saw the yes. registration ultra sign up and I was like, what's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's very exciting. Um, and yeah, when I, I kind of created this event. One, it was to celebrate like the fact that I've done all this or we've done all this at Tamaquas Park, but also because I guess this niche of an event is not, in central New Jersey to an extent just yet, but also it's kind of masochistic with the 0.8 mile loop. But I guess with the goals into the future, um, because Tomacos Park has been used for 5Ks in the past, um, it is a, what is it, USATF sanctioned 5K course, which I think would make it easier for us to be able to have it as a qualifying course if you wanted to do a 12 hour or 24 hour team uh, qualification uh so that process phew, i got no idea about but i'm just hoping what i said makes sense and it could be possible so who knows <laughs>
0: absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was looking at the runners signed up and Trishel turns is one of them and if you haven't met him yet we'll do it i'll introduce you to him i think he'd be such a great resource he's definitely he's one of i mean he's got all these records for canada on ultra running and uh, he was a guest on our podcast earlier this year um, but he's a a legend he is a legend and uh, he's like the king of multi-day races so um, he would be a great guy I think to talk to you about you know yeah definitely Um, but let me scroll through the comments here because we got a couple coming in we've got one from uh, Sarah August says you should have different Uh, themes for different hours or time periods of the race so you gotta maybe think on that one James all right and then, oh, our good mutual friend G, G Reed. Okay. He's got a question. It's gonna take us in a different direction, but after this, we'll we'll circle back to because um, I sure, want to talk sure. about your August event. G says, "Have you ever thought about competing in Amazing Race or Ninja Warrior or some show where you can raise worldwide awareness for the organization?"
1: I, yes, mainly be so. Um, part-time, if no one didn't know this, uh, I kind of have transitioned to tutor, but to also kind of consult for climbing gyms in terms of, uh, technical development and, um, uh, marketing. And so I've been working a lot at a climbing gym up in Northern New Jersey, which is a climbing gym as well as a Ninja warrior gym. So in my free time when I'm not climbing there, I'm, I'm practicing all those Ninja warrior based things. So the possibility is definitely there. Uh, and the only thing that has limited me from applying to Ninja Warrior because the application is just um, uh, creating a video. So it's definitely something I do want to do. And we'll just begin putting my uh, application out there for into the future. And now that I've been at that gym, I know people that have been on the TV show. So they can assist me with the application and everything. I feel like that would only improve my bid as things try and go forward um but also hopefully for 2022 i do have an idea that kim and i have talked about in a little development that i do want to try and complete that would be um within a national spectrum mostly not in new jersey only one day
0: yes you gotta Maybe uh, a, cl- a cliffhanger there. If you're
1: yeah. It. Uh, uh, <laughs> planning has been ridiculous. Finding someone that's free for 50 days has been the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And getting a van, but it'll all come together.
0: Listen, I have no doubt in my mind that you will do that. And Find a uh, way. I, I, I believe it 100%. Um, <laughs> so let's let's jump this is a good segue into um, your project that is probably going to put you on that path of what you're doing. But let's talk about August your insane challenge oh my goodness all right we got to get give us the backstory how did you come up with this idea and then I mean I have so many questions I mean I want to hear about your training I want to hear about logistics of doing completing the challenge so let's start at the beginning how did it how did it come about and what's the story with it
1: so an idea like this which I'll I guess give the elevator pitch to you in a little bit uh began to develop um, mainly because previously the I guess annual challenges I've always focused on have consistently changed every year to be either purely running and endurance focused and then the next year focusing on strength endurance and of course running and strength are very very complementary but I guess what the focus of this has focused about endurance with carrying weight simply because you know, if you do not have clean water, this focuses around the idea that when you walk to get water, you have to walk back carrying water, which five gallons of water, which is enough for one person a day for all their daily uses, is roughly five gallons or 45 pounds. Uh, And carrying water is a little bit different than carrying weights because it's consistently shifting. Um, So I wanted to try and find a way to resemble that journey specifically for the, you know, young children, especially girls that are, you know, six, seven years old doing this. Uh, And with last year, I've also kind of transitioned to the mentality of multi-day experiences or challenges, because it pertains to the idea that some, if, you know, we have a fundraiser or there's a big event and we aren't able to hit our goals or complete a project just yet, someone still has to walk to get water the very next day. Uh, They still have work next day, they still have school the next day. So challenges like these to really focus and to put yourself in their shoes and be in that journey, uh, multi-day just tends to resemble it much closer. So what'll be happening is from August 1st to August 14th, I will be completing a marathon a day and a marathon mainly because Uh, it's just a distance that I think many people can relate to, but I'll be completing a marathon a day for 14 days, uh, while carrying how much water someone uses in a day or 45 pounds of water, uh, to just put myself in their shoes and experience carrying and moving water each and every single day. Uh, and you know, the symbolism behind it is a little heightened because you can only imagine what is being missed walking a marathon while carrying weight. Uh, And just the different strain that kind of comes into your body, focused around more of not just running, but carrying as well. Uh, And the basic strategy, without going into too much detail, is I have these big five-gallon drums of water, or jerry cans as they're called, and I will be splitting the weight, so 2.5 gallons in one, 2.5 in the other, and just having them in hand, if you, are, you work out a lot, uh, it's just kind of like carrying it like a farmer's carry and just trying to get the distance in each and every single day. And I have disappeared the past two months to just focus on this solely. And the technique and training has been a lot uh, and has been very interesting to begin to develop. And so with this goal, Uh, is to hopefully push Mission Clean Water into a much more sustainable reach. The goal isn't necessarily to fully fund one clean water project, but the goal is to raise $3,000 of monthly commitments because to a nonprofit organization, uh, monthly donors is just kind of the way we are able to have full-time employees and just be a much more sustainable organization and know what our output can be regardless every single year. So yeah, it should be fun. (laughs)
0: That is awesome. <laughs> Can you tell us uh, a little bit more about your training and what the, I mean, you just said you disappeared for the last two months. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a fitness junkie. So I want to know, like, what are you doing? Are you just, are you, have you been increasing the weight you're carrying? Or are you increasing the distance? What is that? What does that uh, training strategy look like?
1: Sure. So training wise, honestly, and does closely resemble to what Uh, a runner might do. Originally, I guess, I've always been incorporating these kind of water walks as practice for probably close to four or five months. But for a while, I was just excited. It was getting nice out and just running a lot and exploring new areas. Uh, But for the past two months, it has kind of shifted now to not just focus solely on running, because I'll pretty much be walking the entirety of it, because it's just hard to move with so much weight. But beginning to train uh, just a new form of walking and running because you're stepping differently based on how much water you're carrying. But it also pertains a lot to what a normal running program might be now, just weighted pretty much. So, for example, you know, a runner might follow a simple a program where three, four times on the weekdays uh, they're running, you know, just for an hour or an hour and a half or something a little bit less. Along the weekends they're focused much more heavily on those long runs, but at pace. So for example, what I've been doing for the past two months or so is on those weekdays, uh, it has been focusing on the, probably the very beginning was technique carrying less weight, but ensuring the way that I'm carrying and moving isn't going to put too much strain on different parts of my body, mainly because this is so much pressure on your uh neck, shoulders, and upper back, and lower back. Um, But once I kind of got used to the form and everything, the weekdays were less miles, but more weight than 45 pounds. And then the weekends focused on longer walks, but at weight of what the event is going to be, or at a little bit less weight, just to practice moving for so long. Uh, And then in the midst of doing four days on the weekdays and one long day on the weekends, the other days or the off hours were spent kind of cross training and it's strengthening the shoulders, uh, arms and upper back. So a lot of it focused wonderfully enough on climbing, uh, a little more weightlifting and just trying to keep things consistently strong and adapted to carrying weight because the technique uh, and the focus is just so drastically different because you tire out so quickly because you're putting full strain on one element of your body. So it's been interesting to experience.
0: And what would you say, or you, do you have a target time for how long you think each marathon is gonna take? Like I know you were pretty consistent last summer when you did the 30 miles a day for 30 days. Um, yeah. do you have an idea on like how long that's gonna take you or-, or
1: Consistency you is- Yeah, consistency is going to be hard, um, but we'll see kind of once I'm actually there and experiencing it. Uh, The overall goal each day uh, is to finish hopefully in between eight and 10 hours, mainly because I'm trying to do what I can to respect doing three miles an hour, hopefully, Uh, but we'll see how that kind of goes. It's very hard to give a concise answer, mainly because The way of describing an event like this, um, you know, I describe it to my weightlifting friends as if you had to do uh, like two or 3,000 push ups. When you first start, you'll be able to do a lot, but then it very consistently goes, gets less and less as you continue. So, strategy wise, you need to find a way to make it sustainable. I've been trying to find a way to translate this to running and more cardio health. And it's been challenging, but I think I've thought of something where it's if you strap to your back 10 or 15 percent of your body weight. So let's say for myself, that's close to 20 pounds. uh, And I gave you the goal of running 15 miles. But when you run, you have to sprint as hard as you can. Uh, So whenever you want to get farther, it has to be a full on sprint. So you kind of have to figure out what that strategy is going to be in order to make that sustainable, mainly because each time I lift the water, uh, it's is only a matter of time. And every distance is when my arms completely give out. So it's a matter of figuring out how to move the weight to different parts of my body and consistently uh, go forward. So three miles per hour is the target goal. Uh, we will see how that kind of goes forward uh, when it's actually time for August
0: that's incredible yeah. well, how about I'm trying to look at the reverb here stop <laughs> I think we're good now um what about nutrition what does that look like for like when you're out there um you had some fun nutrition strategies last summer like the the, the peanut M&Ms I remember it was like a a fun thing that you did um what does it look like? Is it similar to when you're running the 30 miles? or Because I mean, you're going to be out there essentially as, as
1: yeah.
0: longer, right? So what's that look like?
1: It's, it's a little bit, I don't know, it's been very interesting. Uh, and it's been a little bit weirder during my longer runs, or I guess walks doing this, mainly because I guess in July and previous running events, you know, your heart rate is regularly increasing. So you don't really notice when you're that hungry. But for this, like it stays relatively dormant uh, because I'm not like pushing speed or distance that much, or just mostly speed. Um, so I'm just hungry the entire time. So I think the, the focus mainly is to kind of rely on the same foods that I was really consuming before in the past. Um, but I've actually been working with someone that uh, really a nutritionist uh, and a dietitian to just to make sure. I'm trying to move away from so much, I guess, artificial sugars, uh, unless necessary, uh, to begin hopefully having more fresh uh, and healthier sources of sugar. Uh, I remember a while ago, maybe sometime last year, running with our favorite man, Daniel Joplin, uh, and hearing him do the 12 hours at... um, Uh, three days at the fair and just him being like, yeah, I ate a bunch of blueberries and strawberries and it was fine. And I was like, oh, it's not possible. You got to eat M&M's. So I'm trying to take some notes that he said to me a long time ago that I think could make a much more uh, bigger difference. So I I think in the end, a lot of the focus is going to be on some of the classics, of course, got to have the M&M's there. Uh, I've always gotten a lot of my nutrition from liquids. So a lot of it's going to be from, coconut water, body armor drinks, apparently Scratch Labs now. Uh, Then, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Red Bull, of course, because it's high in carbs. Uh, Bacon. Uh, During that 200-mile run, I'm going to go on those burritos again. That was just like bacon, sausage, and vegetables uh, wrapped in a tortilla. Super heavy, but I guess it worked. Uh, But then I do want to eat a lot more watermelon uh, and fruit during the actual event itself because I've had recent great success with that, uh, as things consistently have gone forward.
0: That's awesome. James, so we have a question in the um, the Facebook here. This is from G again. He wants to know, can folks join you in the water carry? And then also Dan Joblin is watching and he, he has a laughing emoji that's crying.
1: I'm so happy Dan's here, that's amazing. That like very quick little conversation apparently had an effect on me. I was like, I gotta talk to someone who's healthier than me, Um, but uh, what is it? Uh, So in August, people can join and on our website, missioncleanwater.org slash the water walk, there is the opportunity for people to join virtually as well. Uh, So anyone is welcome to join me. This entirety will of course, And classically be at Tamaquas Park again because it's just it's easy to do it there. Um, And I mean my expectations are to once again start early so 5-5.30 maybe a little bit later some days and just consistently try and walk and get out the distance. Uh, Based on the structure of the event I will have to be carrying 45 pounds of water the entire time. Uh, But, you know, people are welcome to come hang out, walk with me, bring the kids, because I'll be going slow. Uh, Gee, I'd love to see all the kids out there, mainly because your son's so much bigger now. Uh, And, you know, it'll just be a very different experience compared to running the entire time. So uh, I think as much distractions as possible would be wonderful. And life at three miles an hour is very different because you're so much more approachable. So it should be a fun, interesting time. So anyone is welcome to come join me.
0: That's awesome. Uh, James, I think that G should bring his family and also play the Hamilton soundtrack. Well, because I know he loves that. Um, But here's another question for you. Something that I loved watching last summer when you were there at Tamaquas was you got to know the the Tamaquas kind of schedule and the regulars that were out there, have you kept in touch with any of those people? And like, do they know that you're coming back this summer and will be there essentially, you know, longer hours, you know?
1: So yes, uh, I have gone to Tamaquas Park a few times to do some test runs there, even though I've stayed more centrally located. And for anyone that doesn't know, you know, because I was at Tamaquas Park for 30 days there are these same exact people at the park to run for the same hour every day. Um, and what was amazing was recently, one of my close friends and a board director of Mission Clean Water, Kevin Schmidt, he'll be doing or attempting his first 100 miles for the Westfield Ultra. And him and I did do a little practice run together, just to like see how he, his body reacted to, uh, I think we finished 35 miles together. Um, and I saw a lot of those you know, classic characters and people that I haven't seen in so long. And all, all of them remembered me. And I was like, oh, it's great to see you guys again. And i like, oh, he's back. What are you doing this time? And I was like, nothing yet, but let me tell you. Uh, so they are excited to see each other again. What is wonderful is actually a few of them signed up for the Westfield Ultra as well this Saturday. And then my, I love these men to death. They make fun of me all the time. There's a group of gentlemen that run 10 miles every day together on Saturdays. And they remind me of, um, oh, uh, not Sesame Street uh, or Looney Tunes, but like those, those two old guys uh, that sit in like the window above and make fun of everyone. What's that puppet group called? I forget, Muppets, Muppet. that's it. Muppet. Oh my God, sorry, everyone's gonna make fun of me. The Muppets, yes. They just see me and they heckle me all the time. Uh, so I told them what I was doing. They're excited about it, uh, and they will be around to heckle me a lot more on the weekend. So they're a, a good group. So I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the regulars of Tomacos Park again.
0: I love that. You know, two two of my favorite stories from last summer was the you know they had the ultimate frisbee teams that were out there practicing, and I remember the coaches would always yell at their boys saying, you know, look how hard this guy's running. You guys got to run harder. (laughs) And then um, I think though, my favorite story, I got to share this for everyone listening and watching, was you literally finished 900 miles, right? 30 miles a day, 30 days, 900 miles done. I was there at the end, we were cleaning up everything. And then a, a, a much older gentleman who was a regular walker came over and you guys had a conversation and I think he'd ask you like, do you want to walk a lap? And I remember watching that thing. Like he just did 900 miles in 30 days. And then you went off and you did one more lap with this guy. I just, I loved that story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I do remember that. Um, I unfortunately forget his name, but when I was at Tamakos Park with Kevin, we immediately recognized each other and talked for a bit, sharing about what was going on. He was pretty much at the park each and every single day to walk at like 6.30 for an hour or so as the sun would rise. And, uh, you know, we became very familiar with each other and saw each other all the time at Tomacos Park. Uh, they made fun, he him and his friends that would walk together, would originally make fun of me because they're like why is this guy putting a chair out in front of his car and changing his shoes each day when he gets here uh and then we walked the last lap together i found out he's a pretty involved gentleman in the westfield cross country community he goes to all the meets knows all the coaches uh and it was great to talk to him for a bit learn a little bit and uh really an amazing guy and uh it was amazing to see his face light up when uh, kevin and i were running together so i look forward to seeing him for a few days in a And soon in august
0: i love that it's such a great story um james we're getting down to the end i want to ask a couple of questions that are going to kind of dig dig a little bit under the surface here um you know an outsider looking in on what you're doing maybe they are involved in running maybe they're not probably will will think like this guy is nuts or like he's on some end of the spectrum of the crazy right what is it that drives you? I know, you know, Mission Clean Water or, you know, that's, it's gotta be a huge driving force, but I'm curious, is it, you know, to do these extreme efforts, is is it kind of a symbiotic relationship of like your love for ultra running and your passion for Mission Clean Water? Like, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like is one, higher than the other they both work together are they they overlap can you dig into that a little bit
1: so they both collectively go together it's kind of a 50 50 split I've been involved in many sports in my life you know mostly soccer golf ultimate frisbee ultimate frisbee I will forever love and love the community but in the end I've never met a more supportive group and community, I guess specifically in uh, trail running and endurance running and just anyone that has been willing to on a whim meet me at 12 a.m. to go for a run or do crazy things. I've never met a community this supportive before, so it's been a combination of falling in love with this community as well as consistently using, I guess, symbolic endurance challenges as a Advice for fundraising. In the end, I guess originally speaking, I wasn't a distance runner, but had a good baseline to become one. And if it wasn't for me living in West Virginia at the time and thinking to myself, what can I do to fundraise for people that haven't, for clean water specifically, that haven't been done before? And my immediate thought was, I'm going to do a marathon while carrying water and just the idea stuck, and that kind of consistently happens where an idea comes in that is focused around endurance uh, as a fundraiser, and once it can kind of be put into reality, or at least a training program, then it's just a matter of getting really deep into it and executing. So I guess to reiterate your question, uh, it's definitely a big combination of both Love the community. Uh, And let's just say in an extreme example, if I stopped fundraising for Mission Clean Water, I would still be involved in the ultra running community. Uh, So it's a combination of the love for the people and, uh, you know, using it as a fundraising avenue.
0: That's so awesome. And I got to point out too, you know, James, he can regularly be found not only at Sasquatch races, but I know other events, volunteering. And that I think is such a great testament to who he is as a person, because, you know, it's one thing to do these crazy challenges and, you know, personal feats and whatnot and go out and do races and things, but to also be so committed, I think, to giving back to the community is such an admirable thing. Um, James, I got to ask you one more question. Yeah. This, this question came up back now, I don't know, a few months ago we had on, Patty Murphy, I don't know if you watch that one, She's, she has a podcast called Leadership Under Fire. And one of the questions that she brought up, which I, I thought, oh, this is such a great one. I got to remember to ask this on her podcast. I think you would be so great to answer this question. So her, her question that comes up on her podcast is, what is your relationship to pain? What kind of relationship do you have with pain? And I, I got to ask you, James Leitner, you can take this any direction you want. You know, with your challenges and, and, and whatnot. But what is your relationship with pain? The people want to know, James.
1: Um oh my god. I think I think ultimately pain can be described as multiple ways, which is of course physical as well as uh, mentally and emotionally, mainly because the reason I do things like this comes from multiple examples you know we are consistently trying to pursue at least me mentally uh and consistently trying to pursue what is next and it's just how I've been driven for very very long and even as I will still be involved in the endurance community for a lifetime I think always and forever there will be a goal in mind to keep the you know mental and emotional uh pain, I guess, away, because a good example is when I finished the cross-country walk uh, back in 2017, you kind of have to assimilate back to normal life, and for the first time, you don't have anything specifically to look forward to anymore. And I guess what I found something to look forward to was becoming part of the endurance running community. Uh, My relationship with pain has been physically drastic for a very long time, and there needs to be the understanding of uh, I think everyone needs to have a relationship with physical soreness, I guess you can say, mainly because I think the ultra running community has mixed emotions on it because I think there needs to be a collective agreement of someone being able able to understand when the physical soreness or pain they're experiencing is something that is short term or just your muscles being sore, compared to something that could be much more serious or making you much more injured for a very long time. And I think doing multi-day events have kind of lined or shown me the more light around that and have been able to allow me to experience different levels of pain that help me identify, is this just an emotional low that I'm experiencing, an emotional high that I'm experiencing? Is this soreness of going to be here today, tomorrow, or the next day? And is this, you know, feeling in my knee going to be lasting a very long time? Because we have such an emotional and mental strongness to push forward, and that caused me to be out for like four or five months when I was out in November. So, uh, to avoid issues like that, talk to your physical therapist or Mama Beck as well.
0: Shout out to Mama Beck. Um, you know, I know that you work with uh, one of your main sponsors is a physical therapy group. So I'd love to let's give them the platform. You want to share a little bit about them and who they are?
1: Definitely. Um, so they we found each other, I guess, before my last year in July performance, uh, rehabilitation and regenerative medicine. They have multiple branches, but I guess the main one I'm close to home to is the one in Chong right off Route 22. And. Uh, and what's been wonderful about them is they're kind of an all all-under-one-roof physical therapy or recovery organization, as you can call it. Uh, it's wonderful because I can go there. The people now know me very well. I can see a physical therapist, a chiropractor, and begin just kind of creating all the remedies I need to make sure I'm fully strong and ready for kind of what is next. So they've been extremely beneficial. Uh, They currently have a matching campaign going on uh, for donations for Mission Clean Water. So they've been wonderful and honestly has kind of, when I began working with physical therapists, really showed just how, and Kim, you can contest to this, they just showed me how insanely important strength training and recovery time is towards anyone's uh, performance success.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love that. And uh, they're usually out at your events as well, which is great. You guys can get more info on that. Um, I want to finish with the last question here. um, Because something that I've learned is that a lot of times people want to help, but they don't know how they can specifically. So can you share like what specific needs do you have, um, you know, for your mission clean water for your race series, whatever direction you want to take it, tell, um, you know, tell our listeners here on Facebook and then who are listening on the podcast, what are some specific ways that they can get involved? How can they get involved? And um, how can they support the amazing work that you're doing?
1: The lights have been like constantly flickering for some reason. Um, So, I'd like to try and give people ways of supporting Mission Clean Water um, that you know solely aren't donation-based, because as you all know, I'm a nonprofit organization, and I'm trying to avoid asking you nonstop for donations. Um, but you need to understand that outside my board of directors, uh, I'm probably the only one that is really dedicating a full-time environment to this in the midst of paying bills and everything. So, being able to have other runners and people to bounce ideas off of and share ideas too uh, is extremely beneficial. And I would love to, from this conversation, begin to have other people kind of as our own little Mission Clean Water Race Series Committee that are willing to hop on coals, maybe bi monthly, so we can talk about how we want to drive and move Mission Clean Water as a adventure and racing fundraising organization, or I guess as our platform, really excel and go forward um, because it's wonderful to have ideas to bounce off of people and collectively things are consistently and always changing. So always looking for individuals that can provide an ear to listen to their own opinions and a heightened level of expertise uh, that I can consistently talk to. So if anyone is interested, you're welcome to just send me a private message or directly message me at any time.
0: That's awesome. And how about, you know, if people do want to donate financially, how can they make that donation? I'm I'm going to push you here. Tell the people, how can they donate, James?
1: (laughs) Of course, of course. So very simply speaking, if you want to make a single donation or a monthly donation as well, you can visit our website, missioncleanwater.org. And we have a donation page that you can visit where you can click on and make a donation of any size. Now, of course, if you want to make a specific donation towards this challenge that is occurring in August, uh, you can visit the webpage uh, or go to our website and visit the Water Warriors page, which is kind of our monthly donation platform, which will, of course, go towards the overall goal because the goal is to raise $3,000 of monthly commitments. Now, if you do want to become a monthly donor, there are perks involved. You do receive a 25% discount towards all of our events, which includes all of our races. Um, You can sit on monthly phone calls to provide your own opinion towards what is going on in Mission Clean Water, Uh, and you're just kind of the first person to receive information about what is going on, and we're just trying to find ways to make our monthly donation platform as a way of really kind of having you buy or donate a part of Mission Clean Water to yourself, so thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, James. Uh, The hour flew by. I knew it would. Um, I'm so glad you came on. You know, I think the world of you, I, you are, I tell people all the time, you are a visionary and I just love um, just the, the vision that you're casting and the direction that you're, you're taking mission clean water. And I was just talking about you. I forgot to send you this link. I'll send it to you. I was on a podcast with a friend in Colorado and he said, you know, what other race directors are doing cool things in New Jersey? I was like, well, let me tell you about James Leitner and Mission Clean Water. It's true. I just, I mean, I love, I love that you're using the sport as a platform to just make such a global impact. And um, I'm just happy, you know, you invited SAS squad to join the journey and uh, we're looking forward to supporting you this summer and, and many years to come.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on this podcast. Um, As always, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I've kind of said this before, but, you know, Kim to me is Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid because he's such an amazing information source and someone always willing to talk, even when you can be in the middle of the woods on some weekend in New Hampshire, God knows where. Um, (laughs) Appreciate it. Um, for anyone that doesn't know you know we consider our partnership a forever growing thing with Sasquatch so if you participated in a 2021 Sasquatch event uh, that does count you do get a discount towards all our events or all our races Uh, so appreciate everyone that has listened everyone that has supported me Uh, if you want me to support you just contact me going out to Tahoe soon Uh, so always willing to help anyone and be a possible avenue of information so appreciate everyone of all you guys so thank you all so much awesome
0: that's great right. wax on wax off wax on wax off <laughs> awesome all right guys thank you so much for tuning in this was a blast uh, to have james leitner here with us again visit missioncleanwater.org to learn more about his series there are still some more spots left in his race for this weekend the westfield ultra that's on ultrasignup.com So we will post this recording onto our podcast um, in probably a day or so. We'll get it on there. And that is available anywhere podcasts are streaming, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, wherever. And uh, if you want to learn more about Sasquatch, just visit Sasquatchtrailrunning.com. And uh, until we see you again, keep it Squatchy.